There we go. There we go. Three songs. Three songs. Three songs. It's three songs. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. 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 A three songs. Three songs. Three songs. Yes, indeed. Episode 155 of Three Songs Mm. Podcast. March Mm. 19th, 2021. Bob Nastanovich, Mike Hogan. What's up, Bob? What did you do for St. Patrick's Day, Mike? Did you do anything? Nothing, no. Yeah, do they celebrate that in Portland? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess so, right? You know, they celebrate... I'm saying, well, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a bar holiday. Yeah, it's true. You, actually, you know what I did? This is what I did for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I, I mean, like, do the kids celebrate it? Um, you know, they have, like... So, you know, Bunny has her little uh, preschool daycare. They had, like, a little party there. Um, you know, I don't... It's, it's like, it's... Sort of a weird year to celebrate things too. Um, well, especially like you know St. Patrick's Day, which you know I always think in this country is just like kind of a commercial holiday to like. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, like you know, Irish Americans are a huge part of our culture, you know. But um, so it's almost like a. But at the end of the day, like when the smoke clears, it's just like a way for the bar and restaurant industry to make like bank in it. Right, yeah. right. Well, what I did do, so I actually I did something on St. Patrick's Day. It wasn't because it was St. Patrick's Day, but it just so happened to be that day. Um, I hung out with my old friend, Bob Ham, who um, you may remember sat in for you on episode 29, way back when, I think you were on tour, Um and it's Bobby one, Ham. one of the only fill-in guests that I've ever had. I hadn't seen Bob in person for probably close to 12 years, if not longer. So wow. it was nice to catch up with Mr. Ham. Yeah, Bobby Ham. Anyways, I shouldn't say that because like, I am, my mother is of Irish descent. So, And I even got a St. Patrick's Day card from her. So St. Patrick's Day has always held uh, an important place in the Nastanovich household. Um, mainly because of my mother's name is Katie Callahan. And so my parents always had a big St. Patrick's Day party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, they'd have their adult friends over and and they'd, you know, do the whole sh- shebang and even my, and whatever. So, you know, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Sounds yeah. Like, sounds like a time for sure. When Irish eyes are smiling would get sung and Danny boy and all those kind of things. Yeah, so. Why not? Yeah. Sounds like a time. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you I'm, wouldn't want to be at Cheltenham festival on St. Patrick's day. I'm sure it was insane. Uh, yeah. Especially when the Irish are winning everything. They won everything, you know, <laughs> uh, they've won 20, the Irish have won 23 of the 28 races at Cheltenham festival this week. Good Lord. Yeah. Well, you know. But it, but a handful of them were won by the incredible Irish jockey Rachel Blackmore. So, yeah, we tip our cap to the brilliance of Rachel Blackmore on the 155th episode of the Three Songs podcast. There you go. Uh, and, 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 the, and the trainer, Henry de Bromhead, who became the first trainer ever to win the champion hurdle, the champion chase, and the uh, stayers hurdle. No relation to Richie Blackmore. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He won the Cheltenham Gold Cup as well. He did uh, not win the Stars Or Maybe uh, he did. They won everything. They just won everything. You yeah. Know, it's bizarre. Sounds yeah. like it. I, um, you know, it's, it's, that's, the jumps are not really my thing. So I, I was not. They should get in. You know, um, I own a, a jump source that's nearing his debut. Ah, I know. I know. Well, I'll be excited yeah. when, when he does debut. It'll be on the. It'll actually be what they call National Hunt Flat Race, which is um, they call it a bumper. It's like a, a 
for new horses in national hunt racing where they don't have to encounter obstacles. Yeah. Um, but he's a big lad. Yep. Done him with uh, John MacArthur, who I've mentioned on the show many times, and Emma Berry, who bred him, who I've mentioned on the show many times. So up with dear Alex. Well, that'll be one of the most exciting days of my racing life for sure. That's great. When he well, runs, you'll yeah. Have, you'll have to let me know. Anyways, we're going to play some music, aren't we? Let's play some music. Um, sorry, to, sorry to preface everything with a St. Patrick's Day conversation then wander into horse racing, but say la vie. It's okay. Those, those that were not interested have already scrubbed by. Um, yeah. And they'll backtrack once they hear the music. I'm going to uh, I'm going to start us off <laughs> with something from France, some something from uh, 1980. So think of, I think Paris, right? 1980. Yeah, Paris. Uh, the Toe Cowboys were the name of this group, kind of uh, French new wave post punk. The T to the O to the K O W boys. Yeah, Toe Cow, T O K O W. Toe Cow. Toe Cow boys. Uh, this is a catchy, like catchy. Toke, Toke grapes. Toke. Stockton, Toke High School in Stockton, California. Uh, I'm not, I'm not familiar. Maybe, maybe that was their inspiration. But this is, this no, is, it wasn't. No. This is a fun little one, catchy, bouncy, dancey little number. Start us off uh, in the fun vein. Uh, what are we calling it? This is called Swinging Pool, Toe Cowboys. I like it. Yeah. Seventy nine, eighty, eighty, eighty. Toe Cowboys. Uh, serious European flavor. I love it when they um, broke it down there, and I think maybe at the two-thirds point, things got kind of whack, kind yeah. of like a little bit heavier. Yeah. Uh, Amazing sounding song, though. Right? You know, yeah. like 1980 for that one. 
uh, you know, and you think about what the the weird stuff going on in France at the time. Well, people were like electronic music at that point, and I'm actually gonna kind of do the same thing, although I'm gonna shift to a different place. It was like very experimental. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can sort of feel that, like, sort of the amazement with like the sounds they were getting, right? Creating new sounds for the sake of, and it. then and then making you know pop music out of it all the same. Yeah, yeah, great singer. Yeah, just a fun little song, you know. Yeah, it's great. Well, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought. You um, I'm like gonna that. play a fun little song with a little bit of a heavy revive. I'm gonna take us to Kingston. Okay. Jamaica. Hmm. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. yeah, King Tubby. That I, I think probably. I don't, well, Osborne Ruddock, King Tubby, born in 1941, and lasted until 1989. And he was like, sort of the sound engineer, which he's mainly known for that, that sort of kicked dub to a higher level. Mm-hmm. You know, and dub is, of course, you know, kind of like taking reggae and making electronic. So, same sort of vibe and. and a lot of the time, he worked with the great Augustus Pablo, who's an amazing player, keyboard player, and brilliant melodical player. And um, I'm going to play a classic from them from 1976, um, off of an album called King Tubby Meets uh, Rockers Uptown. And it's signature King Tubby, ironically named because he was a very thin man, but it's called Keep On Dubbing. Lion. Like, um, 
that music, uh, I, I, to be honest with you, like with reggae and dub, like I never really understood the difference. And like the difference was made by, you know, really in a formidable fashion by King Tubby. Um, did you ever think about that? Like I would always hear like dub when I was young, Richmond, you know, like reggae scene town. And I couldn't tell the difference, so I would just always call it reggae. So I sort of like try to figure out what dub was. Like when when my English friends who were into it would try to explain it, I still never really got it. But like, it's like to me that it sounds pretty organic to me, like in terms of the musicianship. But then you can hear all the electronic nuances, the, the echo. You know, the like repetitive echo is what I think of when I think of dub. Yeah. And like um, King Tubby, like uh, well, the pretty famous singer, Mikey Dredd, said about him, like that he truly understood sound in a scientific sense. He knew how the circuits worked and what the electrons did. And that's why he could do what he did. Like, so I think that he was just like this dude, a Kingston studio engineer that like, just like knew how all that amazingly talented guy like knew how everything worked mm -hmm. in the late 70s mm -hmm. in Jamaica and kind of made you know took traditional reggae and like lifted it to another level and made it kind of magical kind of kind of like what Brian Eno was doing where he was using the studio as another instrument exactly you know this guy was doing it in Jamaica yeah no that's very cool I mean, classic stuff, yeah. for sure. Groundbreaking. Completely influential. Yeah, King Tubby. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's certainly Left someone... us too early at the age of 48. Left us way too early. Yeah, seriously. Um, he's someone I'm familiar with, but not nearly uh, knowledgeable enough. So, it's another... As always, Bob, you bring these reminders for me to go check out and dig... Yeah, there's a lot there. That's one yeah. of the hits you know i thought i keep things pretty basic yeah. there's a lot there i dig that that was really cool um, yeah i'm actually gonna play the augustus pablo song maybe i'll do that on a future show because yeah. although he's featured on that song but like augustus pablo amazing amazing yeah sure do it yeah. do it now if you, if you, yeah if you know it no well i mean if you want to play it? java by augustus pablo that's that's a great song java yeah, Java by Augustus Pablo. It's amazing. Okay, let's do it. Seven. From the west of America, to the east of America, here's the hottest. Java.
Augustus Pablo. Yeah, man, because like that. Well, that was recorded in 1974 when Augustus was 20. Wow. And, and he was also a record producer and a studio guy, but he's you know you can hear the melodic and the keyboards on there, like amazing character. And he died at 44, so like wow. King Tubby was his senior by 10 years, but like. They Oof. they didn't they didn't last long. What was the um what was that at the, the at the end? Was that like a guitar that did 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 did? Oh, the guitar was amazing. The guitar was incredible. Yeah, and, I don't know if that's Augustus himself. But like, and it's such a bummer that they you know they he kind play of guitar. He played guitar. That was probably him. Fade yeah. that song out because that song could have gone for like five more minutes. That you know ride that groove once that guitar came in. I'm sure there's versions. I'm sure there's like probably because you know, that's part of dub too. Versions. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Versions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the versions. Like Martin Martin Dosh on the Broker's Tip. Like you know yeah. he's doing. You know you, you do versions. Yeah. For sure. Well, cool. Well, thank you. Um, I, I gotta send you that record. You, Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah I'll get okay. that in the post. One of these days. Yeah. One of these days. One of these days. Uh, I'm gonna switch gears a little, and I'm gonna go current, and I'm gonna go to uh, the UK to to Brighton. Uh, uh, big, and, big rock and roll city. Yeah. So this is this is a guy. Um, his given name is Jamie Hall, and he records under the name of Nancy. Okay, and he's seven foot tall. Seven foot tall, and then in in fact, the name of his album uh, this comes from came out uh, a couple months ago. Come came out in the middle of January. The name of the album is Seven Foot Tall Post Suicidal Feel Good Blues. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll play it, and then we'll talk about it. This is a song from that. It's a short one. It's called Psychovision. Here you go. going on in that little two-minute song yeah is he doing that all himself i wonder is it like a one-man machine i think he might be um you know just kind of weird bizarro yes as written produced performed and recorded by nancy um yeah i sort of sense that like see like so keep in mind like in the modern era like you can make things sound like there's eight people playing on it but it could all be you sure yeah. So here, I'll read a little bit about. Guys are really cool um, singing boys. Yeah. Um, just kind of this, you know, like strange, bizarro kind of art pop, uh, 
like the sparks crossed with tall dwarfs crossed with I don't know. Yeah, it reminded me of like yes, yeah, and like really obscure things that I can't name off the top of my head. Yeah, um, kind of like um, things that are on the SSD compilation chunks in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, just sort of sped up. Like yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. So he, yeah. here's what he has to say about it. He says seven foot blues is bipolar. The track list swings from suicidal to cartoonishly happy to self-deprecating back to Alan Partridge pretentious, my spiritual home. I think it's a full portrait of me in that in that particular moment of my life, warts and all. Um, he's got to be a young man, the under thirty sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I think, think. He's, I think he's relatively young. Um, but uh, but yeah, so this is the, you know he'd been in a band before called Tiger Cub, uh, mm-hmm. kind of more traditional indie rock sort you of thing. Listen to them like yeah. I I don't know. I don't know if I've heard them to be honest, but like I stumbled across this record and it just was really interesting to me. Um you know, like no song sounds alike. Uh it's it's kind of evocative of some stuff that I really like, but it's his own approach to it and um just kind of a fun Pretty record. cool style. There's a lot yeah. going on in that one. Yeah. What's that one called? That one is called um, Psychovision. Um, yeah, I mean, I can play another if you want to. If you want to hear, or... well, it's interesting that he's called himself Nancy mm-hmm. um, because, like, you know, obviously there's a lot of things called Nancy, <laughs> right? It's yeah. I mean, like when it, when it, like, I mean, I obviously always think of Nancy Sinatra, like sure, but then there's like. So many things. I mean, I thought you were going to play me something. I know there's a huge Korean pop artist called Nancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, was not, I thought you were actually going to hit me with that. Not hitting you with that. So, in case you're interested, his his um, the Bandcamp page is hello Nancy dot and this is a digital download only. You you can't buy it on vinyl or cassette or CD or anything, but you can download it from his Bandcamp site. Um. So yeah, check it out. It's good. Yeah. Stuff. No, what's this one called? Uh, the name of the album is. No, the this. You're gonna play me another one. Oh, uh, oh yeah. If you want to hear another one, I'll play it. Um. Yeah, sure. I'll play. Uh, don't pass me by. How about that? Cool. All right. <laughs>
Yeah, so that's another Nancy song for you. Yeah, I mean, if our man Nancy decides to like play live, he's gonna have to hire some people. <laughs> that's true. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of. I mean, that, he's got a lot. That's of one dude. That's one dude in his bedroom with his computer and uh-huh. his instruments. Uh huh. That's true. Well, everything he does, the two songs he played sounds like at least a five piece. According to his Bandcamp page, he's playing on November twenty seventh at the New Adelphi Club in Hull. So that's the, one of the greatest. The, Great. I'm sorry. Not one of the greatest rock club in the world. Yeah. So. Yeah. Th- there you go. If if in uh, around Thanksgiving, if you want to take a trip to Hull, you can see Nancy play, and you can you can. Nice. See, I mean, I'll, I will schedule it. You can see I how think I'll probably be there like in October. Yeah. Myself, well, you should delay the trip and see Nancy. You, you can you can you could see how many how many. He, he I mean, I'll tell you what, him. Mike. I know you've never been to Hull, but when you have the opportunity to go there in September, October, as opposed to November, when often I get there. Yeah. You know, you, you definitely want to get there as close to summer as you can. Yeah, yeah I would imagine. Yeah. It gets dark and yeah. wet. But I mean, it's yeah. still great. Like, sure. You know, it's a lot more fun in September. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you. So, yeah. yeah. God's Own City Hall. Yeah, Nancy's on Nancy's on the way. And they right. booked him like seven months in advance. I guess that's going to happen now, too. That's right. It looks I like know it. Dinosaurs going on tour, and like people are snapping up the tickets. Yeah. September first in Minneapolis. Shows shows are starting to be things are again. creeping back into the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Live music around here, our Americana Festival will go ahead in early August for those inclined to see a festival with called the Hinterland Festival. Um, Anyways, um, one, you've done a fantastic job throughout the history of the podcast, like celebrating a wide variety of instruments. And I realized that we've never really celebrated a very rudimentary instrument called the Jews harp. Mm, Right. And the history of the Jews harp, which is kind of interesting, it's a long read. Um, It's, you know, it's interesting. I never would have thought this before, but. Uh, Northern Europe, like Scandinavia, has a lot to do with it. Um, but I'll spare you all that. Like, okay. I, I guess, like historically, I don't even know. Like, it could have been around for a thousand years. Because I mean, like, it's the kind of thing you could buy for Teddy tomorrow for like ten bucks. You know, like <laughs> yeah, totally. And I'm sure you've tried to play one, right? Like, uh, at some point in your life. Yeah, years ago. I'm sure when I was a kid. Did you, did you hurt your face on it? Like. <laughs> Probably. Was, yeah, yeah. And like, it, it was probably the sort of thing where I was not immediately good, and I just put it down and was like, yeah, I'm done. No, I mean, I basically, <laughs> I think we both did that as children with just about every instrument they handed us. That's right. Um, yeah. too, too much work. Um, yeah, so we'd rather talk about the geniuses that play the instruments that we could never even play. Right. Um, so the Jews harp, which... As far as I can figure out, it has always been played, or spiritually, to benefit the good of mankind, which I never thought about. But that seems like, a, you know, everything you read about it, that's part of the part of the Jews harp game. Hmm. So, um, this is a recent thing from, from the last sixty days. Like, who is the king of the Jews harp? And like, keeps pointing to this guy from Northeast China, Wang Li, who currently lives in Paris and um, he's taken the Jews harp and made it like like keep in mind this is a guy that like is a brilliant flautist and he's mm-hmm. a great pianist and like he's somehow worked his way to Paris so we'll go back to Paris and he's now playing with this guy that plays the klezmer clarinet called Yom Y-O-M and they do this thing, this wildly original thing, which sort of has peaked in terms of like people paying attention with an album called Green, Green Apocalypse in 2012, which is on a very interesting label from Paris called Buddha, B-U-D-A, Musique. Hmm. And I'm going to play like one of the harder songs on it, one of the harder, shorter songs. It's just, it's a bit of a punisher, but it's called Underground Storm by Yom and Wong Lee, featuring the Jews' heart and the brain cleared up. 
call and response between the klez, klezmer clarinet and the juice harp yeah i like that yum 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 and wang li is the whole you said that's kind of hard that's a harder one that's yeah. a harder one they, yeah that's one's more fun they and that's a, that's a shorter one They're like there's like a lot of like really moody ones yeah i mean it's the kind of thing like that you'd see like before or afters you know siloris white or something mm-hmm. you know like, sure yeah yeah, I could see them on the same bill. Yeah, really cool. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, oh, my pleasure. Uh, I'll definitely have to check them out. Do they have they done more work There's together? more stuff, but like Green Apocalypse is the one that I know. Okay. Green Apocalypse. Yeah. I will Yeah. I will check it out. Thanks, sir. Yeah. Uh all right. Well I am gonna play something. I'm gonna go back to the mid seventies. Um gonna play i guess he'd be considered a jazz guitarist although this has much more of a soul kind of funk feel to it Uh, i'm talking about ivan boogaloo joe jones which um you know boogaloo boogaloo is a fantastic nickname uh i don't know where he got it from he's born in 1940 i believe he's still around but he hasn't recorded much lately uh, in fact, I think this might be his last recorded album. Um, it was 80, Mike, you know, for God's well, sake. Well, I know, but this came out in 1976, uh, or 75, maybe, uh, from an album called Sweet Back. Uh, he was on Prestige for a while. Um, oh, I think pretty much for the majority of his career. Right, yeah, but I think this was... You going to play a trippy one? Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a funky one, a little more funky. Um, to me, it's like it's always been labeled like kind of like psychedelic. Well, yeah, he has an album called uh, his first album is called Introducing the Psychedelic Soul Jazz Guitar of Joe Jones. So, uh, and then before the Boogaloo part came in, right? And then his second record was my fire more of the psychedelic soul jazz guitar of jojo so the psychedelic soul jazz clearly was um his marketing tool but um but later you know it it just kind of moved more into this like soul funk uh i don't know check it out i think you'll dig it um i wonder if sonny phillips on this because i know he did a lot with sonny phillips uh let me see this one has um Charles Bowen on the alto, alto sax. Uh, Warren uh, Gian Caterino on the bass. Um, yeah. Verdone Turk Banks on the congas. Uh, Bud Kelly on drums. Uh, and B- uh, Bobby Knowles on organ. James Valerio III on percussion. So That'll suit me. You're cool with that? Yeah. Those dudes, cool with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that all that. Lineup. Yeah. Cool with that lineup. Cool I'm with that lineup. Cool with that lineup. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah, one's, yeah. this one's called Jamaica Farewell, featuring um, Boogaloo Joe on the guitar. I think you'll dig it. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. 
Whoa. Yeah, so that was his last record, 1976, at the age of 36. For whatever reason, he decided to hang it up. Well, why not? But, you know, yeah. Uh, fun stuff. Um, you know, I, I, what more do you what nah, more can you nah, say, I really? Mean, basically, you know, just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. All his stuff's really cool. And he please played with... Um, Played Richard Groove Holmes not too long ago. He's played with Richard Groove Holmes. Yeah, and Sonny Phillips. Yeah, and Sonny Phillips. And we'll Houston, do, we got to do some, some Sonny Phillips. Houston person. Um, yeah, so good dude. Yeah. Anyways, I'll end the show um, with a screen legend. Yeah. Yeah. Born in Berlin, Marie Magdalene Marlena Dietrich. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest silent movie actresses of all time all time and just an incredible performer very exotic woman born in 1901 lived to the lived to be 90 Hmm. died in paris i'm gonna play uh her version it's why i think it's pretty well-known song of hers um of a song that was written by pete seeger in 1955 and, and marlena got around to it i think in the mid 60s as far as i know but this marlena dietrich where of all the flowers gone where have all the flowers gone long time passing where have all the flowers gone long time ago where have all the flowers gone young girls pick them everyone when Will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the young girls gone? Long time passing. Where have all the young girls gone? Long time ago. Where have all the young girls gone? Gone to young men, everyone, when will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the young men gone? Long time passing. Where have all the young men gone? Long time ago. Where have all the young men gone? Gone to soldier everyone. When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the soldiers gone? Long time passing. Where have all the soldiers gone? Long time ago Where have all the soldiers gone? Gone to graveyards everyone When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the graveyards gone? Long time passing Where have all the graveyards gone? Long time ago. Where have all the graveyards gone? Gone to flower everyone. When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing Where have all the flowers gone? Long time ago Where have all the flowers gone? Young girls pick them everyone When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? 
classic song. I, I haven't heard her version, or at least I don't remember hearing her version. Oh, there's so many versions yeah, of that. For sure. Um, but she's, a, you know, and I could have played so many. I mean, I could have been, well, maybe we'll feature on another show, but she was really, uh, she gained U.S. citizenship like in her 20s um, as a film star, like, which would have been, you know, late 1920s. Mm-hmm. And then, like, mm-hmm. she kind of became a huge star in the U.S. during the World War II era. And then, quite famously, she was really well-known for her humanitarian work, um, gaining U.S. citizenship um, during and post-war to a lot of German and French exiles. Um, I mean, just an amazing 90 years. It's like, it's like, I don't know if, you know, just an amazing care, amazing actress, amazing singer, like with a signature voice, like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, just a real ass kicker. Very cool. Yeah. I, uh, it was interesting when you, when I saw that you were going to play her, I was, uh, not sure where you were going with it, but I like that version. It's, uh, I thought it was going to be a little like overly theatrical over the top, which is kind of what I associate with her with, but yeah, um, it was, it was that's very, pretty straight, pretty, pretty yeah, pretty delicate. Um, yeah. I, I dug it. Thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. Great show. Yeah. It's a fun one. Enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I did Sorry too. Sorry about all the double bubbles and the delays. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. We made it work and it was a good yeah. one. Um, so thank you, sir. Thank you everyone yeah, thank for listening. Thank you, Mike. And, uh, I love you, man. And we'll do this. Yeah, I love soon. you too. All right. All right. Yeah. Have a great night. You too.